Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, here we go. We're going old school. No video today. Apologize for scheduling difficulties for, for everybody. We can blame me. We just want to blame me. We'll just blame me. I got to go to Kansas tomorrow. Oh. I'm recording this. It's Wednesday. It's November. Or it's Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday, November 2nd. I'm going to KU tomorrow. The defending national champs, your Kansas Jayhawks. That's right. That's right. That's got their right. first exhibition game on, uh, on, on TV. It is wild. I, the one thing that I feel like I'm so... I am so... Lucky and different from everybody in that, like, for you, like, everybody that the, the people that you committed to at Nebraska aren't there. And then, like, the everybody's different down yeah. there. Yep. At Kansas now, it's Bill Self, still the head coach, the trainer, Bill Calgill, still, still the, the still trainer, the yeah. academic coordinator, Scooter, still there, uh, assistant coaches, Coach Townsend, still there, Norm Roberts, still there. Joe Dooley, another assistant. When I was there, he has come back. Jeremy Case, probably my best friend yeah. at Kansas there for a few years, is back on staff. Like everything, like I'm going to go to Allen Fieldhouse tomorrow and walk in, and it might as well be 2004. See, that's great, though. Isn't that Isn't great? Because like, then, it, then it just like it's still home. Then you know. Yes. And so I, sometimes I feel bad. And then at Creighton, it's like yes, there's been there's there's been one coaching change. But a lot of the same now, like Bruce Rasmussen is retired, so things are starting to change a little but bit. The but the administration like, kept pretty, kept, yeah, kept pretty, yeah. pretty much the same. And so, like, it's always I wonder, I wonder what that experience is like for a lot of people, where it's like where they how when they played the the people that were there are no longer yeah. there. It so helps to have that Ugh. consistency. I mean, in Nebraska, the some of the, the same people in the building were there. But yeah, like the true like football people, most of them have changed multiple times, right? Now, you know, where right. it's like because every staff then changes usually like associate athletic directors and you know all the support people, right? Can sometimes change there even too. even like the like the the secretary at Kansas basketball still there, yeah. Like all those kinds of things. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's it's nuts. By the way, shout out to Go Currency for helping this coffee pod become a become a reality for us. We're drinking coffee. It's ten o'clock in the morning. Uh we got a lot to get into today. We're going we're going big shock. We're going Mickey Joseph heavy stuff today. That's that's the only story right now I mean, because it is I'm still like I still don't know what to think, Nick. I'm still in a state of I just like I Go keep, well. No, keep going. I, I, mean, I, I think I know where you're going with this, and I. Well, I'm, we got a lot. I mean, we're going to get into. We, I, I tease this, or I tease. It. I said that that Ross Dellinger Sports Illustrated article was coming. Yeah, that dropped. Uh, we were. I want to get into some of the stuff with that. Um, but real quick, I guess where you're going with it, I'll start there. That like you know you're sitting there going, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how. I don't know what to think. Here's the thing that is crazy to say out loud is there still is this feeling, at least for me, that you think like, oh, there's still a lot of time in this coaching search. It's like, not really. Think about the fact that like 
The season is over in 23 days. Four weeks from today, you would imagine that there is there probably has already been a press conference to announce whoever the next head coach is. Yeah. And so I said this to you before we turn on the mics. Like, I actually think that if we don't hear from Trev Alberts over the next two weeks, that will signal to me that Mickey Joseph isn't the guy. Do you agree with that? Okay. Disagree with that? What do you so think? So let me get clarification. When you say hear from Trev, you're saying if, it, if it's going to be Mickey, Trev, it's in his best interest to announce that to the world in the next two weeks. Do you I, think that's the that would be the strategy if it is Mickey? Yes, like if he okay. if he feels like Mickey's the guy, which to what's weird to kind of say is that like Trev probably has all the information that he could possibly gather in judging Mickey as an interim head coach to whether or not he thinks he's the guy or not. I mean, he's been watching him operate for now almost two months. Yeah, I mean, he's, he meets with him every week. Meets with him every week. He's, he's watched the day yeah. in and day out stuff. He's been on the sidelines for games. I think that's probably right. Like, Mickey Joseph as the head guy, as leader of the room, um, you know, leading the meetings with coaches, yes. handling the press, dealing with head coach responsibilities. He's seen it up close for two months. You're probably right. That he probably can see generally. This is what Mickey, how he handles himself. Right. Correct? Okay. So that's good. Um, he sees how Mickey recruits, which is a big part of it. Um, now, the only thing maybe he, you know, hasn't seen is like, wh what is Mickey with his own guys and you know see, own and, players and, and own coaches right? and here's the thing it's like he can't there's no way to see that there's no way to see that what i'm saying is he's seen all he can enough at this point of what he is possible to see yes so i don't know i just there's a because the other thing and i heard mitch sherman say this do you really want to like he, his point was he thinks you maybe need to announce if you're going to hire Mickey you maybe want to announce it before the Michigan game because we all probably know what's maybe going to go happen at Michigan. Like do you want do you want him to go get his you know get pounded at Michigan and then announce it? Like I just don't I mean if you if you feel like he's the guy I think it's a, to me it's about recruiting. It's and that's a part of it too. Yeah, like, it's a recruiting strategy. If it's gonna be Mickey, I think showing support earlier than later is probably the right move. Right. Like if you know, if Trev's like, I've seen what I need to see. I've looked around. I think Mickey gives us the best chance. If if that's Trev's vision, I think it does him a favor to announce it. Like you say, or in a week or so, like that's kind of give him time to then finish the recruiting cycle and try to build something at the end of the year. So I think that's probably right. The way you um, phrased the question made me kind of re like where you're like, is it in Trev's best interest to announce it now? When you frame it like that, it's like, I don't I, know if I'm comfortable saying yes to that. I just 
in my mind this whole time, I just have a hard time feeling like the season plays out, Black Friday comes, the weekend goes through, and then on Monday, Trev goes to the podium and like, I'm happy to announce that I'm removing the interim tag and Mickey Joseph is the head coach. Like, I would think, I just, in my mind, and this is maybe flawed logic, I, I just would have thought that if that, if Mickey's going to be the guy, it's going to get announced before the end of the season. I, the hard part is this is so I mean it's like unless you ever done a coaching search which none of us have right the amount of like that process how long does that go like if you're trying to get let's, let's just for the sake of this conversation let's pretend it's it's less about Mickey and it's about other people okay um, trying to navigate that with coaches during their season you know with wins and losses like we've seen with some of these top candidates or like they're not necessarily winning like right. they had been when they were, you know, like when you first talked star. to Matt Campbell yeah. or Lance Leipold in September, things look different now. Yeah. So like, is there is there an ebb and flow there? Is there, uh, you know, are these agents, you know, stuck on certain uh you know, negotiating contract, points yeah. and like how much work, how long does that take? Or does it happen fast when you know, like if you find the guy and you say, we, we want you, uh, what's it going to take? Like, is that something that happens in two days? I, don't, I mean, or I think is it, can, it like in theory, or is this like a true, like month long process or two months of like negotiating? Like, I don't know how I got to think it kind of happens fast. Like think- when you say we kind of want you it's either like, don't you just say, I think that's a place for me or I'm happy here. Like I, that's not, this isn't going to work or, you know, like I got to think it would go faster than it would slower once you've kind of declared. Yes. Right. No, I would, I would agree with that. I would think that things, I would think things nowadays, coaching searches and, and hirings move way quicker than they used to. I mean, back in the day when your signing period wasn't until February or signing day wasn't until February, you could have waited till the end of the season, taken a little bit of your time, and it was no problem. Like, again, if you're hiring Dave Aranda or Lance Leipold or whatever, like, this needs to get announced fast. But but the problem with it, if it's not, they got they got their schools that they're probably that's all, I guess what I say fast year. I mean like the their season's over yes and I'm talking like the next day it's announced it basically you have to do that now with the, with the early signing with transfer portal I mean, and early signing period you have to do that yeah and so that that's that's what I'm getting at I just maybe I'm wrong I guess for me uh, I'm just trying to I wrote that down because I'm like everybody right now I think is in this mode of like well there's still time and I, I don't know I don't think much. there is an, a lot of time now like at any yeah. moment over the next two weeks it would not shock me if it is Mickey if there's an announcement that it's Mickey now of yeah. course if it's not Mickey we are not going to hear anything until the end of the season out of respect towards you're not going to I mean you're not going to announce anyone else that's a current head coach yeah. until their season is done but like I'm trying to remember Frost won the AAC conference championship game, and was it announced the net? The I should know that, but I, I mean, don't. Sure, I know I should know that. I'm too, trying, trying to trying remember. To remember when it, I bet it was announced two days later. Yeah, because it was. I remember. I, I if I remember right, he was kind of on a whirlwind. Yes, first weekend because he he had just won, and then. 
and I think that there was there was I think he, he maybe didn't he have it pretty much in his mind that it was going to happen during that last game of theirs I think and so. then it was like a whirlwind tour to get back to Nebraska and get the whole thing done well let's see here okay so I'm looking at it here Yeah, like according to this, I think this is true. He beat Memphis in the conference championship game on December 2nd. And I just Googled Scott Frost introductory press conference. It was December 3rd. That's why That's why it was like he didn't get to sleep for Jamie. Like- well, so that I guess, but that's a window into like how fast this stuff could like how fast this stuff could move. Yeah, that see, this is the part. Yeah, when when you're talking about okay, we got 23 days left in in the season, right? Before, right. You know, um, so I'm <sighs> saying, like, think about that. So 20, so yeah. 21 days is the 23rd. 24th is Thanksgiving. 25th is Black Friday. In theory, there could be a press conference on the Saturday, November oh, 26th. I think the 26th would be the last day that we don't have a coach. Right. I can't imagine I can't imagine with Mickey Joseph as the interim with the momentum he's got that that they're gonna go into December and be like, We're still looking. No, you can't. You, you can't. know what I'm saying? We're you still we're And I think still it looks bad sure. on Trev. Like you okay, you've had since September eleventh to to figure this out. So well, I, I'm just bringing that up for people like buckle up. Like it's 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 happening. Well, and I I think the the Mickey thing also is is like where Trev's at with other candidates. Like Mickey puts pressure on that. Like, right? If it ain't if it's not a absolute yes, it's probably a no because Mickey's sitting there, right? Like Mickey forces it to be like you have to know that's a better guy because you got Mickey. Yes, you know, or or like a more proven guy that's like, oh, it has to be obvious because Mickey makes anything that's not obvious way harder to do. All right, Nick Bob Podcast is powered by H and H Automotive. Want to tell you about the Onyx dealership in Omaha, located at 150th and Dodge. Onyx won the Best of Omaha Number One Luxury Car Dealer Award. How about that, you win the Best of Omaha, you do your thing offering the industry-leading brands like BMW, Jaguar, and Land Rover. I was looking at the Onyx website. In fact, I pulled it up right here. I'm not going to lie, Bo Rude. I think a white Range Rover is kind of my dream car. Is it? Isn't that like, I, it, to me, it's just a beautiful car. I, like, it's a beautiful-looking car, and I've never been inside of one, and I'm looking at it right now. The interior looks incredible inside. But speaking of other, so I said Land Rover. They got Jaguar. Didn't your mom? I loved your mom's BMW. That thing. That thing seemed like a smooth car. They're super smooth. I also have a friend that has one, a current one, and they're roomy too. Like they're extremely roomy. And as a guy who, like, I rode your back seat. Like the the knee room, I was blown away. By you're me. right. Your mom's car was big for they for are, not a big for not a big SUV type of thing. Like. It was a it was big, a sedan. It's a yeah. big sedan, but yes. now they have sedans and the SUV Beamers. But yes, man, dude, hey, BMW is fantastic. Your boy, one day, one day I'll be in a, in a white Range Rover. 
Okay, just one day it's going to happen. So for that's me. dream. You understand? Okay, that's the dream car for me. How about this? You want another reason to go there? Onyx offers a bottle of wine with any vehicle purchase. I swear to God, that's true. So you're telling us we do a wine pod and they offer bottles of I'm wine? I'm just telling you. I think you, we need to go there, Nick. I'm just we telling you to. that's what happens, okay? You can experience it for yourself at 150th and Dodge or <laughs> online at onyxautomotive.com. That's onyxautomotive.com. Drive Onyx, the new standard. You know what I was thinking about? And this isn't, I got to make sure I phrase this right. And and by the way, Mickey, uh, Mickey Joseph's press conference yesterday, he said uh, that, Casey Thompson still day to day. The nerve thing in his elbow. I, I would say the line is Minnesota's favored by sixteen, so that would tell me that Casey's probably Vegas thinks Casey's not going to play. Vegas has a guy in the locker room like they know mopping yes. up the floors. Like uh, I'm just a local Nebraskan. Hey, uh, He's got you know, an ear piece uh, yeah, like Casey like, Thompson in street clothes, icing hey, elbow. Casey, repeat, that looks like, painful yes, over there. Right? Huh? Yeah, that, that's what. Uh, seriously, some though. guy with the fake mustache and glasses. I always wonder what those, mopping the floor. Cause like I have, <laughs> I've had moments where like, you know, I, I've, I interviewed like a, a Vegas guy in my radio show all the time. And there's been times he's tried to like text me like, Hey, what are you hearing about X, Y, Z with like Nebraska football? And maybe like, I couldn't imagine that like I would be his source, but you always wonder like how Vegas, like, you know who everybody says like Vegas knows it's like well wh- how do they know because everybody's got to be plugged in to somewhere like who would be Nebraska's like leak to <sighs> I think there's probably you know the major let's look at the all the major sports teams right Vegas probably has 50 people at each school that they sort of are getting little pieces of information at, right? right? Like they must have just like, all right, you're the guy that's in charge in the end of all Nebraska information, or here's your couple. Maybe they, and they just have people. I just always wondered that. Cause you know, right? you know everybody like they just says, gotta have people. You know, there's these phrases you say, and you've never really thought of like Vegas knows. It's like, well, hold on. How do they know? Like, I, I, so this cause is, I do think they know, I, but you go, how do they know? I'm totally speculating. I have no idea. And I'm going to think about it for the first time right now. But if I'm gambling and my job is to bet on the big 10, I think I would spend most of my time trying to network with the people oh, yeah. in the know in the, and at each school, and then you just you're getting information like, oh, that this quarterback dude, him and his girlfriend are, or this girl's his girlfriend's right. crazy, right? And he's always out. The you're like you kind of start going, oh, this guy like you start forming these opinions that are different than just like the basic newspaper clippings, right? Right. right. Like when you start getting that inside information, I think Vegas gets a lot of that. They must on top of just knowing the all the analytics, all the, you know, all the stuff that For Vegas sure. does so well. I think they pair that with like Intel. Our, our 10 insiders at Ohio State tell us this. Because, so the, the reason I brought that up is like Casey's day-to-day, who knows if he's going to play. Like I said, the line would indicate he's probably not going to play. I wonder if in some ways Casey's injury, it kind of clears the runway for Trev but in a lot of different ways. Like, if it's not going to be Mickey, Casey being out probably makes it easier for it to not be Mickey because Nebraska's probably going to limp to the finish line here. Yeah. If it is going to be Mickey and you want to do it and, and we're subscribing to my school of thought of like you want to announce it early, you probably can do that 
easier now because like there's an under I think everybody understands if Mickey or if Casey's out like this isn't going to go well so you might as well like if you're going to hire Mickey there's no sense in letting the games unfold and get crushed yeah you know like Casey's injury you know like Mickey's line that he's given a couple times is like you know it's not our decision it's not my decision but I can make it tough on him yeah I feel like Casey's injury makes it so like now the games become like what are you going to do? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, with this team, I, you can never, I, they, they've always kind of done the opposite of what we think they're going to do. So like, I, I'm still like, you know, we'll see how they do. Um, but it, I do. Let's think about this. If Mickey loses every game from here, here on out, that's a really hard, that's a harder sell than right. I think for Mickey, it is, but that in some ways, that's why I almost think you have to announce it. Early. Soon, soon, and say, "Hey, look! At this point, listen, and, the, things and you can aren't play good. the whole part of like, listen, we I lost our so much in what I've seen behind the scenes yeah. Monday through Friday over the course of the last two months that Mickey Joseph is the guy. We understand that we've dealt with injuries and everything that's happened this year has greatly impacted what has happened from a win loss standpoint. I'm not worried about that. What I am concerned about and what I've been very pleased with is what I've seen. Blah blah blah. You know, like yeah, from yeah. Mickey. Like I think that's how you package it." Now, but isn't that get harder if you wait till December to say that? That's what I. That's why. That I guess maybe that's hard. what like trying if, to. Because what if we lose the next four? Which if I think is more lose. likely than not. I think it's more likely of all the scenarios to play out. I think the most if Casey's out, which I think he probably is, the most likely record in these final four games to me is zero and four. It seems hard that we're going to win without Casey. It does. It yes. seems hard. Um, but doesn't Mickey got to win one of these games to get to get the? I mean, can you lose six in a row and then get the job? Probably not on its on its head. But like, I think we all know that this situation is very. It's so weird. weird. It's so weird that he's gotten this long. You know, like he's going to get nine games right. as the head coach. So. Um. Yeah, it's such a unique situation with the early firing of Frost. Like that's where it's like if Mickey came in and was the last. It's like if if you wanted it to be Mickey, <laughs> you know, it's like um, I can understand why they did it if they wanted it to be Mickey. But it's like because it's the, if it potentially doesn't end well this season. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes it. Just that much harder, or if you can just tell the tale, like, look, this is the right guy. Right. We figured that we needed to figure it out by giving him the the keys to the car. He's shown us enough in terms of behind the scenes. Now we want to give him a chance to do it his way. Yeah, that's why. Again, listen to us. Like we're talking. I don't even, I don't even know if we're making any sense. I don't know. How, we are. But, but it's such a. It's but the the best point you made is. It's 23 days. That, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, and it might be less. It might be half that. There's just been this feeling, at least for me, that like there's there's though that's a ways down the road, and it's really not. Like, if it's going to be Mickey and they beat Minnesota, announce it the next day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like well, win a game, announce it, and be like, and be all good. right, all right, we're done with it. We're, yeah, yeah. You, you better seize any good positive win and moment and announce it then. But I don't. Again, I, my gut tells me like I don't think it's going to be Mickey, but. Who the hell knows at this point? That's weird. I think we've both talked to some people outside of the state of Nebraska. And people outside Nebraska 
are more surprised that Mickey is this. Yes. So I, I think the the people, how much we love like a Nebraska guy, and Mickey's a Nebraska guy. Um, I think that's the part where people that step away from us go, what? "Well, don't you have to hire a proven coach?" Right. And I think we we fall into the like. But we really like this, you know. Well, like, and I think you also, you know, you get caught up in your own bubble here. Yeah. And Mickey Joseph's a huge deal in this bubble. It is outside of this bubble. I think the general reaction, and now Trev can't worry about the general reaction of the public at large. But I would think, like, if Nebraska were to hire Mickey, like, if they were to announce Mickey's the guy, people outside of this bubble would be like, "What." I think so. The, so that you're talking about the Sports Illustrated article, yes. right? So, so this I, I read it. it. It was a good article. For it was Mickey. a good article. I don't think we learned a ton of new things, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it because I, you know, for me, it was like you know revisiting some of his uh, his journey. Um, it's an he's got an amazing coaching journey. It, it is, and you know the fact that like the connections he has with these with people in in, in Louisiana, New Orleans specifically, it's incredible. Like, like you know, they're talking about you know Ogeron. They're like, hey man, you're not as popular as Mickey Joseph is in this in right. this city, right? And that's like, whoa. Like, um, so for me though, one of the things that kind of started creeping into my mind is like, I'm seeing what Dion's doing down in Jackson State, and you know, Dion's not a traditional like head football coach, no. But, you know, Dion like, understands football well, even though he might not be, like, Mr. X's and O's. He's, like, got football instincts guy, right? But he's also, like, to connect with kids right? in this day and age, especially, like, I mean, like, you go to the, the, the recruiting hotbeds, like, to be able to, to go there and recruit and connect with kids and demand respect in a way that only certain guys can do it that way, right? I think is that's where Mickey is on this. Like to me, there's this new era of college football coaches. And he's like, is it going towards the Mickey Josephs? The guys that have a special gift with the kids versus like, this is the X's and O genius, right? Or, or the my way or the highway hard ass coach. Yeah. Like urban's probably, or like Saban, Saban's that, but Saban. Yeah. I mean, those guys are Saban's pretty good at connecting, but I think you understand my point. Like, the, it's the, less about the personal connection as it is like the ultimate, uh, the ultimate football <laughs> training camp, almost right. Where yeah. it's it's all about football. Where Mickey's is it's more about life. It's like, right? I, he has a gift. Like they talk about, you know, Hurricane Katrina happens, and like. 70 kids he's like he's like i got you all like plants them and they go like it is a unique he is a unique uh person in terms of that gift and i'm wondering is college football leaning towards the the coaches that can do that that can bring the kids in and and command respect that's more important than like proven ability to you know, do this schematically and program build, which is the traditional, like you want the best program builder in that sense. Yeah. His is way more personal with the kids. That's where I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but that article made me start thinking like, is that where it's going? I don't know. I agree. 
And one of the things that Mickey has a unique combination of is, I, I can't remember if we this was off air or on air, we were talking about most of the time when you think of the hot shot assistant coach recruiter, they're not the disciplinarian. Yeah. They're the they're almost more like buddy buddy chummy chummy That's with it. That's the, it. with the players. Whereas Mickey Mickey somehow has both. Like he is the hot shot recruiter, but also I think is He's, more of a disciplinarian with them than. But see that that to me is why if he was just the recruiter, right, I would go, and not on. the disciplinarian. I wouldn't consider him for a head coaching job. I would say, guys, let's not even right. talk. Come on, man, we're not hiring that, a buddy here. That like, is why when I say is the future like best head coaches, it, do they have that combination? Yes, and I think that's what I is so intriguing about Mickey. He has that combination. Yes. Um, I don't know what you know his football mind is for you know you know here's the systems I want here's the coaches and here's how I coach my coaches that part is a big component of of being a head coach right and it's always been so I I just don't know where he is with that but I know he seemingly has the other things which are so intriguing yes he, I mean he's you could build a case for for him being like he is the future of college football coaching that model, and I think that's what Nebraska fans are seeing that they're like, like wow, God, hmm. this guy, he's bringing in these guys and he's demanding these things of these big time players. I think that's what's intriguing. I think that's why Nebraska fans are going, do we got something here? Like I well, think it's it's I like that Nebraska fans at least are having that little itch scratch going like, ooh, I think do we. So do we have this? Is this the guy? So that's well, the thing that Trev has such a hard. He's got to be the one that can decipher that. I don't know if this is if this is totally true, but I do think there's something to like. I've always kind of subscribed to the school of thought that at Nebraska you got to be a little different. Yeah, you got to be a a little. You got to be cutting edge. You got to be ahead of the curve. Bingo, and bingo. For a long time, it was the strength and you know the the strength and, and conditioning stuff with Boyd Epley and stuff, Nebraska was ahead of the curve. Um, I, th- I even think with their offense, the option, they were different. Yep. Like, Nebraska was ahead of the curve for a long time. And then it seemed like Nebraska tried to be like everybody else, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Could the hiring of Mickey Joseph actually be ahead of the curve? That And that's what, because I think that's and what you different. want to do um, but it, here's like, this is like, uh, I was talking to somebody about this. It was, we were talking about investing. I was talking to Stu Bradley about investing. Yes. And I told him this is cause I was reading the book, uh, a great investor's name is Howard Marks. And he says the, the two things you got to do to be a great investor is you got to think differently. You got to be contrarian and you got to be right. Those two things, right. contrarian and right. Yep. Both very, very hard to do. And it's almost no different with with this situation like to be contrarian it's hard to think differently that's one it's very hard to do that to be right that's even harder so you got to do those two things right if you're going to do that so trev's got to be like if he's going to think differently with mickey okay 
Like that's hard you to do. Better be right though. But you got to be right too. So those are the two parts of that that's like it's really hard to think differently. It really is, but yeah, as we kind of talk this out, there's there's a there's a part of me that feels like maybe hiring Mickey Nebraska becomes one of the first coaches where like you, you we brought up Dion in Jackson State. That's an extreme example because Dion's I mean, Dion's maybe one of the five best football players to ever live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's a different thing, but it's that that model. Um, I think Dabo Sweeney was a little a little like this. Yeah. Uh, but maybe maybe the hiring of Mickey is like, we got to be different at Nebraska. Mickey's a different kind of head coach, one in which that is perfect for 2022. You got to be, re- you know, windshield, not rear view mirror as you're thinking about things here. So that, that's, I mean, it, it's weird. Like you, you, you hear him and I know it's, you know, these are our, you know, it's like, this is maybe a little bit of hype. I'm hyping right now. Right. But the guy absolutely recruits. I mean, he believes in getting players in a way that I've never seen a coach talk about and execute at Nebraska. I've never seen a guy go do it. Maybe John Blake. John Blake's the only guy that I've seen that could like get the guys. Right. But I've never seen somebody able to do what Mickey's doing in terms of like that's the attitude and I think the attitude of like we got to compete against Ohio, like his mindset. Well, that, yeah, let's. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I think I think it's interesting because I don't know what. So here are a couple of quotes that I, that. So in a staff meeting, this was in a staff meeting. There's a quote in the si.com article from Ross Dellinger. People can go can go read it. In a staff meeting, Mickey said, and I can cuss because it's a podcast here. He said, "quote We need fucking players." <laughs> I've never seen a bad coach with good players, and I've never seen a good coach without players. Then he goes on to say, you got to recruit your ass off. We This isn't in a staff meeting. This is a different quote. But he goes, uh, quote, you got to recruit your ass off. We ain't chasing Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. We are chasing Ohio State. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to, to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little, bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately i love them my wife loves them my kids cannot get enough two-year-old mac six-year-old mava are constantly wanting to get it popping great for a snack great for a meal pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet earth and you are set all i gotta say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. I don't. I read that quote, and I, I'll be honest. I, it hit me, and I was like, ooh, I don't know what I think of that quote. I liked it. I got yeah, So you like I liked it. I liked it because I think when, he, when he's saying that, he's saying we need to chase Ohio State in terms of the players we're getting, right? Yes. And... That doesn't mean you're going to get the exact level, but you're the closer you can get to that is what you want to shoot for rather than like, if we're chasing Iowa, we've downgraded our expectations drastically. Yeah, I think like... we dominated Iowa 
in recruiting for forever. It's been a two or three year window that Iowa can like keep the Iowa guys that they want versus us. That's that's a downgrade for us. Right. And I like that he is he's raising the expectations. I like I don't disagree with that, but at the same time, it's Nebraska really has recruited at a higher level than all of those schools. Maybe but, and the I, reason uh, they're losing isn't because of now what's hard is like there's what the recruiting rankings say and then there's what the field says. So there's a disconnect there. Yeah. And the disconnect is coaching and development and retention. And all those sorts of things. I think evaluation. I think evaluation is under underestimated too. I agree. Think we, I think we're getting stars, and the stars are not the. You know, before this, we were talking about intangibles with basketball yes. players. We were just having yeah. a long talk about. But like, I think the intangibles uh, we've missed on a lot of intangibles. Right. With our stars, Agreed. we've gotten stars. The stars have not carried intangibles with them. It's been hype stars. Um, versus like we got dudes that are football players that are winners that are, I think a lot of that, um, is evaluation. We don't want to underestimate development for sure. That's a big, but I yeah. think that combination of right. What it's evaluation, development, retention. Yes. Three, three parts. I think that's, we've missed on a good chunk of them. Agree. So, but it's just hard when you say that, and it, that would insinuate that, like, the reason you're losing to Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin is because of recruiting. No, no, no. That's not. That's not why we've lost. And so that's why I disagree with it. Yeah. And you know, again, like, there's nothing wrong with like, to a certain extent, setting your sights on like the the top, top, top dog. But at the same time, like. I'm trying to think like, you know, we talk about that bubble. Let's get outside of the bubble for yeah. a second. You understand this quote? This would be like the new head coach at Kansas, Lance Leipold, last year saying, we ain't chasing West Virginia, Kansas State, and Iowa State. We're chasing Texas and Oklahoma. It would be like, well, you guys are the bottom feeder of the Big 12. Like, you need to, like, yeah. walk before you run. Like, and, and what's hard is, like, I think you can – I think you can uh, you can do both. Like you can you can chase Ohio State, but you better like in the meantime like understand. I just think it's a maybe a little misguided on like why you've lost to those teams. Like you're losing to those teams. Yeah. You better understand why. And I think it was a, I, I wanted to pull it up, but I forgot. Chattel had a quote in his column that I thought was like actually kind of hit it pretty good on like. Basically saying, like, Nebraska's arrogance over the years has been thinking that recruiting solves everything. Yeah, like the our, our entitlement at, and yeah, recruit we, and, and our recruiting. Yeah, that, that was... Because like, I saw that and I was like, he's that not was, wrong. Because there has been things. this feeling where it's like, well, just go recruit. It's all You just got to go. Recruiting will solve it all. And it's like, ah. There's, there's much more... To the equation in that. And at the same time, if Mickey were here, he'd probably go, well, listen, I understand that, jackasses. This is just ice an isolated quote. You know, like, well, I understand that. But that that's where I'm like, uh, I'm trying to keep it in perspective. Like, I'm trying to keep like, yeah, we got it. Like, we got to do it. Here's the thing. Every team that wins has to do everything right. really well. Right. You got to 
you got to be good next as nose. You do got to be like tough, disciplined. You got to have a philosophy that that works with where you're at and where you can recruit. But then you also got to get player. Like right. all those things have to happen. That. I mean, dude, it's hard to win in today's athletics. Um, I think though that, like I said, the the, the part to me that is the um, the easiest band aid to put on is like just because we've seen like well when you bring in Casey. Trey Palmer, Anthony Grant, like we upgraded tremendously with a couple of right, players, right? right? You and I have been talking about that. Like that's the part where I go, all right, like I do think like it's a lot easier to start doing the other things right when you got really good players that that those that can do those things kind of naturally that the the worst players really, I mean, to me, it's like O and D line. Like if yeah. we could figure out a way to upgrade there, right? Um, I think you'd see some big changes on the field and everything would start getting easier instead of harder. So there's a lot to it. Um, I think I just, maybe I'm guilty of, but I just, this whole article kind of re-sparked the like, all right. You it's intriguing. It's intriguing. Cutting edge. Uh, Being is different. This, is, Being, yeah. is, this the, is this the right contrarian? Is this the right, right contrarian thinking with Mickey? Um, and that's, so it just, I don't know, it started me down that path, but, um, I don't know for sure. I just think it's worth really looking hard at. So to expand on that, like this is, I got Chattel's column on it and I was going to talk about this too, but I'll just read. It's just like a couple of sentences from Chattel's column. And this will kind of spring us into, cause there's, it's a bunch of different things he, he puts. Are Joseph and Albert's on the same page? Joseph is correct about recruiting, but his words may not score points with the athletic director. And it makes you wonder if Joseph truly understands what Trev Alberts wants in Nebraska football. Alberts is adamant about building a program that develops and consistently wins battles with its more physical rivals. You know, those schools that beat Nebraska every year. To Alberts' thinking, Nebraska has gotten where it is now, near the bottom, by embracing entitlement and an approach that recruiting fixes all problems. Until further evidence, Nebraska isn't just chasing Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. There's Illinois and Purdue, too. Yeah. So I think the one thing that I wrote down was I do think to a certain extent, do you remember the there are certain dating games? I don't know if it was the newlywed game or singled out, and they were like, they're like, all right, Travis, your ideal date would be what? Like, man, I think you know, bowling and a movie is cool. Be like, all right, Stacy, what's your ideal date? Like, I want to go to a show and like seeing if they're compatible, right? Yeah. I wonder if in this dating game, like Trev, whenever he's talked about the job. He has said things like, quote, we need to be the premier development program in the Midwest. Perhaps we've lost our way in the our absolute commitment to elite development. You contrast that then on this dating game. Mickey, what do you think Nebraska needs? Tell us. You'd be like, we need fucking players. I've never seen a bad coach with good players. You got to recruit your ass off. We ain't chasing Iowa. We're chasing Ohio State. Yeah. Like, do those two things... Like, are they told? I, I I wonder if like I get the sense that Mickey thinks recruiting is. If you talk to Mickey, he would say the biggest thing this place needs is an infusion of better recruiting. And I think if you talk to Trev, I think he would say the biggest thing this place needs is a foundation of a build of like elite 
development, elite player evaluation. Like they, I just don't know. That was only because it was Chattel's comment made me go like, I don't know if they're speaking exactly the same language. They might not. I mean, you kind of need both, right? If you want to be an elite program, you got to have both. Um, I mean, here's what I mean, even going back in that week, because we always say, you know, we're going to look at the the previous staff and go, man, they just they just weren't good or something. But like they took the the right from the Riley years to the, the Frost years. There was like a big jump in culture and development. And I mean, you could see it like our defense immediately looked like more physical. More physical. Yes. Like we looked like a more physical team compared to the the Riley, the, the Riley years. Yeah. Right. So um and people around the office said, man, it's like, it's a different, they work hard. I mean, they work hard. That's the part that, um, I still think you got to give credit to, to frost, even though people are kind of like, they want to move like frost teams. They worked, they did the right things in the off season. They worked hard. I just think that maybe there was some things missing, right? There's clearly some things that they weren't seeing. They weren't getting done right. in a lot of areas. So, um, to me, I, that's where it's like, I think it is about getting the right guys, about evaluation, development, and I think the focus on physical play, about the O and D lines. That's the part that we completely we've never gotten back. Like we have not gotten back for years and years. Is like O and D lines being dominant. Um, and I think that's the part where Trev will. Trev's a former defensive lineman, right? right? I think. Him and Mickey aren't that far off. I just think they come from one's a quarterback that was the highest recruit ever, and uh, he's a defensive lineman, black shirt. Like, if you can meld those, that's not such a bad thing. But right. they are going to be speaking a little bit because they're just come from different places. Well, and you got to remember where Mickey comes from too, and just being in the SEC, the SEC is world. Go is, get dudes. You better go get four or five. You better get some five star top ten classes. Whereas the Big Ten, and particularly the Big Ten West is much it's just a different world so i also think like he's coming in and he's still like i do think he still has some of that sec mindset yeah which isn't necessarily a terrible thing but you better not lose sight of what it takes to win against like beating uh old miss and beating illinois or iowa are probably two different things well, it's a little, it's a little bit different style of play, and I guess I, to me, it's um, here's what I'll say is the same: the SEC and the Big Ten. I think they have the best coaches in college football by a long shot. Right. So as long as Mickey could get absolute the best coaches in there at each of the spots, right? Um, that's going to be. That's that's the part where there's development and yeah. the football is sound, whatever the you know, and it's got to we got to find a a philosophy that's going to work here, but you got to get the dudes. Either way, I think you do got to get the dudes. Here's what's hard for me is like I feel like I'm hypocritical and talking out of both sides of my mouth with some of this stuff because you and I have turned on the mics over the last four or five years and we've talked about how like. Nebraska needs an infusion of elite talent. They need more Trey Palmers, more Randy Gregory's, more Amir Abdullah's. Like there's there's something real to that. But I I'll be honest, like 
if it is if Mickey's the guy that's hired, like I can get behind it because I can get behind the whole idea of like in 2022 what we've talked about recruiting yada yada yada. Yeah. But I've actually, I'm, I'm at the point where like I feel like what this j- job needs is more of like a grinder builder developer. Well, that's the the dude from Kansas State's probably a good example of that, right? That, that's where like I would say I'm a little bit more like. I just look at all of, like, I don't think, based on what you're, like, I don't know if Frost was that. I think Frost is more of just, like, he wants to score and just all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't think Riley was a grinder, builder, developer. Uh, Bo Pelini. Defensive guy, but. But he just was, it was his first head coaching gig. It's hard to kind of peg him on what he was there. You know, like yeah, he's kind of a unique bird with with how with how to label him. Yeah, because he won and he almost won championships. Big. Yeah, but would just sort of was there's maybe not maybe like could have recruited a little a bit little better. bit better. That's probably his because downside. I definitely think as as the years went on, the recruiting slipped yeah. slipped. Uh, and then you obviously Bill Callahan came from the NFL that they got dudes, but there just was like. Uh, I don't know how you, I mean, obviously you would, there was just, there was some, there was, I wouldn't necessarily describe Bill Callahan as like a grinder builder developer. Not a college guy. He's not a college guy in that way. He was a pro coach, didn't really fit into the college world. So I, so I say all that to say like, I'm actually more inclined to gravitate towards a, a grinder builder developer than a hotshot recruiter at this point. Yeah. That's fair, and and Mickey hasn't proven that he's a grinder builder, right? As much he is is the recruiter connector, like he's the player connector recruiter. He's never proven. Can I? Maybe he could maybe build. He could I just don't know. Maybe he could build right. and grind. Uh, that's a that might be the way to like. There's grinder build, and and the best are do both. Yes, but. Because the reality know. is you need both. It's not all what we've been acting like these things have to be at odds. Like you're either they're all about recruiting or you're all about recru- development yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, well, no, there has to be a combination. I mean, Saban recruits his butt off, right? Right. right. And, you know, and they have these staffs. And you got to coach that, those guys up. And these like, staff, like these these SEC schools, I mean, they have staffs of, I mean, have you seen like the oh, staffs geez. of like yes. Florida and Alabama? Right. They have like a hundred people working on recruits. It's like, holy crap. Yes, like, it's a lot. So I just... I don't. I can. I can totally understand the school thought, like we just laid out, on how Mickey is an attractive candidate because he's a unique one, and with all the changes with the transfer portal and NIL, yeah. and and just like kids these day and age, like how much it's different now. Maybe Mickey is the right guy, and I can get behind that. But my my gut tells me I want the builder. I want the builder. You I think want the builder team, grinder. And in remember Trev's opening press conference. I want a grinder. Yes. He said that. So I mean, I not that Mickey. I think Mickey is a grinder mentality. I think he's a but grinder. But is he a builder? Recruiter. Is That's he a builder know. grinder? Is he the system builder? Because the system is important. If can you build the system? This is how we do things every step of the way. Here's how my coaches coach. I know what they need to be doing and what they like. That's a lot on a head coach, right? right. The greatest, the Sabins and the Belichicks. That's what they do the best. They Urban Meyer. Boom. They coach the coaches. They have a system. Things are done this way. Everybody in the building knows how it's done. There's no there's no confusion. And I don't think many people do that well. I just worry. Not worry. I just I sometimes 
you don't necessarily want to be someone that thinks the solution is always in, well, just go get new players. That's what Chattel was pointing out, right? That, Chattel yes. was pointing out it's not just players, it's everything else too. We bring up Shark Tank all the time because we we're older guys and we get into that world now. Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. Like, but I think <laughs> one of the things you hear from all those people that are just, you know, whether it's Robert, Damon, Barbara, Lori, Mark, like there's some entrepreneurs and some people that think the answer is just to go raise more money. Just go get more money. Just go yeah. get more money. Just go take out more money. Like that's very true. And that's not the solution. Isn't always just go get more money. The solution is figuring out what is okay. What's going wrong? Like getting into the trenches of figuring yeah. out what why, is going. Why wrong. aren't the customers buying from you now? Right. Right. Why, why have your sales dipped? Yeah. Why have all those kinds of things? Like it's not because you don't have enough money. It's not because you you, yeah. you need more yeah. money. It's because something's fundamentally wrong with what's going on with your business. And I I worry when I hear like I worry that Mickey would be a guy that thinks the answer is always like. Next, give me the next players. Next guy, I just need it's the yeah. solution is always players, and it's like I don't know if that's always true either. That's very, so I'm just I'm just point. talking out loud, real quick. Uh, I I agree with you totally on like you and I were in lockstep. We were singing the we were we were defending Frost throughout the the years of like I think there was the, the there there was a discernible completely obvious difference in the physicality of Nebraska's defense from day one yeah. when Frost took over. Yep. Which makes quotes like this so puzzling. Where Mickey in this SI article, and we heard it be verified from guys like Miles Farmer and different things at the start of the year, where Mickey said, when he took over, quote, the first practice I announced that nine, the nine-on-seven portion was live and they were shocked. What the hell happened with Frost? Like, I, Frost came in here and he was the guy that was shitting on Mike Riley and all, oh, I, mean, I can't believe how big a pusses they were. They weren't lifting. They weren't all this stuff. Yeah. And it was almost like over the years, did Frost get to where they were not? Like, what happened? Uh, th that'd be interesting to see, like if there was a, uh, you know, a slow slipping of that. But I mean, there was a change they made. Yes. Like I remember that we watched that first game the, in Colorado. Yes, we were like, like we were like, oh, we're physical again, right? We're physical again. I mean, everybody remembers. I think that first game where we were like, we were surprised by what we saw. So right. that's where. Okay, I don't know. Maybe things have drifted. Maybe just some of the guys we got like. That's now, why I don't know. I'm now, just, like, uh, I mean, so it's like the guys last year could tackle and the guys this year can't. So that's where it's like, uh, you know, the whole like quotes about, well, we did, we never tackle for four years. Like, well, the guys last year could tackle and you guys can't tackle. Yes. So no, it's, I think that's right. Half a player problem is, is like, okay, I think they definitely need to probably tackle more. I think you got to do football things till you're really good at football things. Um, and I think sometimes maybe that can slip. So I I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see um, if the next coach can come along and truly change things completely. Where, but I also think that's that's part of our revisionist history. If we say, well, we just this this group never did things right. Right. Never and I don't want to do all that because we so know curious. that's not true. I, I, yeah, because we saw last year. Last year's team was physical. They did tackle. Yeah. And. 
it's just weird. It's just weird. And then you it see is. that quote real quick. You, you talk about like jarring from the jump. I got the the Nebraska Colorado box score from Frost's first game in yeah. front of me. You want to take a guess how many sacks Nebraska had in that game? Mm-mm. Seven. We had seven sacks. You want to guess how many TFLs Nebraska had? How many? Fourteen. Wow. So, like, yes, there was, like, I remember, I, I think we we did a recap part of that game, and I was like, there was a discernible, like, whoa, the defense is way more physical. Yeah. So that's why it's just weird to, it's weird to see that and then, he, and then read quotes like, they've not been tackling. I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a weird deal. Uh, it's where it's like I think we you know part of part of the problem with the frost era is it was unexplainable how we got so close and couldn't win so many times. Like it it wasn't obvious that we were terrible. Right. It was very not obvious that we were bad. Right. That's the problem with the frost era. The little things weren't adding up, like that we clearly weren't doing right to get the wins. That was more the problem than like. We were obviously just terrible and, and not fit. Like it took till part of this year where it was like, oh, things are going the opposite direction just, finally. But they were going seemingly. We were getting to the brink and not able to get over the hurdle, and we were all going, oh, we're so. That's why we kept going for four years. Going, gosh, we're almost there, almost. I just wonder. I I can't wait to get like a just. If this they just started not tackling in practice this year, or if I find that hard to believe that they would just all of a sudden completely change how they practice. Let me like, see how many teams go live on nine and seven. In you would country. know better than I would too. Almost none. Right. Who everybody thuds up. Okay, maybe we weren't thudding up and we were just tag I think tagging is teaches bad habits. I think you should thud up. I think you should tackle sometimes. Right. The amount of teams that do that consistently, Nick, there are not that many. Right. I, I, I even back at I me, mean, we always thudded, uh, whether it was Frank Solich or Bill Callen, it's mostly thud up. Okay. Nine on sevens, not taking to the ground ever, except right. for in fall camp for like, you know, one. That's how most coaches do it because they're trying to not get people hurt. I think you just should tackle more because football, you tackle. Right. But they're yeah. always worried about getting people hurt. All right. After I read this Go Currency, we'll get into a, a, a story and a tweet that really raised my eyebrows yesterday. But first, I got to tell you about Go Currency. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates in terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans for up to $500,000 with little or no money down in terms for up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application, and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details offers may vary and arranged by express tech financing llc dba currency pursuant to cfl license 60 dbo-54873 okay story broke yesterday from sean callahan of husker online that there has been contact between mickey joseph's representation and an entity directly tied to the arizona state coaching search so all of a sudden yesterday, it's like, whoa, the little story, Mickey linked to Arizona State. Yeah. 
when I first saw this story, it could be a couple of things. My first thought was like, oh, this could be, there's a reason something like this gets out or it gets planted or whatever. Yeah. Could this be, you know, Mickey's agent, not saying necessarily Mickey's agent is like fabricating this, but like Mickey's okay. agent leaking this or planting this to enhance the perception of Mickey. Yeah. Put a little, it puts a little bit more heat. It's sort of like the, oh, somebody else wants, wants this guy. So, oh, we don't want to lose him to somebody, you know, it right. puts a little bit more of that in the air, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd just be surprised because most outsiders see Mickey as is not as much of a head coach candidate, just in the sense of he's never been one, and you know he's he's never been a coordinator. So it's uh, or at the major yeah. college level, right? Yeah, so. I, th- I think I think a couple weeks ago we were talking about well, what if Mickey uh, does well enough to he doesn't do well enough to get the job, but like what if a uh, you know, an, a, a group of five school wants to hire him or an FCF school wants to hire yeah. him as head coach. Like, that was more so what I was thinking, not Arizona State. So Yeah, and Arizona State, I mean, coming off the Herm Edwards thing, I don't know where they stand. They're kind of a unique – I mean, Mickey, you know, he is a good – and to me, this is what you'd want. Like, if you're going to hire Mickey, you'd want him to be a guy that – is worthy of getting Arizona State for or, sure, or a you school, hope this is totally or real. a better school because, because in the end, like I think you maybe phrased it as, you know, what would you pay Mickey? Like, in the once you start talking about pay, like if he's not a guy worth the like, we're willing to pay seven to nine million for the best coach, and if Mickey's not worth seven to nine, you go well, shouldn't we find a coach that is of that value? Yes, and so that's where you start talking about the pay. So I think that's where. And maybe we just know the, more about Mickey because we, you know, we've gotten access to him. But you'd almost want if he's a guy we actually are going to hire. We want other schools to want him for sure. I mean, I think the, the I've always said that the 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 best truth serum and the and the the greatest tell of value is the open market. Yes, like that's why when up until last year when when Harbaugh popped through and and went to the playoff and people were kind of. You know, I don't know about Jim Harbaugh. I'm like, let that dude hit the open market. You, 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 you don't. Jim Harbaugh it would take all of five seconds for yep. teams to be lining up. Oh man, you know, yeah. like so. It's the same thing with with this kind of school of thought of like, okay, well, if Mickey Joseph hit the open market, what would the market be for him? It it would be nice to think that there maybe are some other schools that are going after him. But yeah. I just that was my first thought. I was like, okay. Maybe they're trying to l- l- leak it to enhance the perception. Probably. I mean, that, or that, you, you want that. You wonder if you wonder if Arizona State is thinking about the Joseph brothers. Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Could they be thinking like, well, there's Vance, maybe Mickey? Like, I don't know. Th- those are my only two thoughts because it is surpri- It it was surprising because yeah. it just. When we were talking about it, it was not what we were anticipating in terms of another school coming after this dude. Yeah, Mickey's a, an interesting case, though, because you know his brother Vance basically said, like, we tried to hire him yeah, a bunch in the NFL, right. and he said no because he has a different mission almost. So yes. that's where Mickey, I was very impressed with that, is like the guy that turned down probably more money and more prestige to be like, for what fits him, which is like he works with the kids. I thought that was a really interesting quote too. I, I, was I like, really wow. like that. I do too. Like that's amazing that like that dude had an opportunity to jump 
go with Vance, go to the NFL. And he's like, nah, I'm, I, I like this is what I do. This is what I, I think do. that's good because like that's one. It's a special gift, and like he's sticking with where his strength is. By the way, real quick, you can be a grinder. You know, we talked about Mickey. But you can be a grinder, a recruiting grinder. Recruiting is recruiting is probably the biggest grind of the all. Recruiting sucks. I think Let me just of, tell you, I think sucks. We, like I think when we think of a grinder, we think of like a coach in in like, looking at films, looking sleeping at, in the office. Yeah, or like I picture him like next to the sled, like no Johnson, it's down, up, down <laughs> again. Like, no, yeah, like I, you're worthless. You're terrible again. Up downs till we puke. Like. We think of football grinders. That's what we think. Like yeah. up 4 a.m. watching film, blah, 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 by the sled, yelling at a guy. You know what's also grinding? They talked about in the oh. story. He takes two out. Like on Sundays, he has like, okay, for the next hour, I'm calling high school coaches. For the next hour after that, I'm calling junior college, whatever. Like that's grinding too. So I just want to make sure yeah, yeah. I don't want to dismiss like we act like recruiting's out there. Like you're eating like shrimp. Like, <laughs> what's up with Recru- <laughs> Recruiting sucks, yeah. It's a party today. We're recruiting. I love recruiting. <laughs> shrimp. I don't know why you would be eating shrimp. Oh, that's terrible. So stupid. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, Mickey in his press conference yesterday, that's a terrible. Why? Why? I just pictured him eating like shrimp cocktail. Uh, I have no idea. Like recruiting's great. Uh, I eat all the shrimp I want. Oh, this is the best. Um. You know, so again, Casey Thompson, elbow, nerve, day to day. We'll see what happens. Again, the line would indicate he's probably out. I will say, not sure if you got to watch the press conference yesterday. Uh, Mickey Joseph's thoughts on Chubba Purdy weren't weren't great. <laughs> no, well, he talked about he how he wasn't seeing it right. Didn't well, he yeah, it? and he said he's he goes Chubba's one of those guys. He's got to settle down. He's got to breathe. He can't let the emotions take over. He's the guy you got to talk to him after every play. You got to tell him like, hey, you're doing good with that. You're seeing that. You're doing a great job of this. He said he's he's nervous and just needs to settle down. And Mickey just lays it out there. Doesn't I, I, I I heard that and I was like. That's that's not the most glowing review of Chubba's Chubba. not my guy right now. I'll tell well, you that much. Because uh, for me, like quarterbacks, got to be confident in themselves. They got to project confidence to others. They got to have poise. Like you don't want to have to be coaching up confidence with your quarterback and calming the emotions of your quarterback. That should be what the quarterback does to the team. The a good quarterback gives the team confidence and he calms everybody else down. Yeah. So like I read. When I, as Mickey was saying that, I was just like, ooh, this is not the Chubba, greatest. Yeah, Chubba's not inspiring confidence in me right no, now. No, <laughs> I know. That's what's hard is like you contrast how he played in that second half then with what Mickey explained on like elaborating on Chubba. You're like, ooh, man, y- yikes. Yeah. I don't want to you know dismiss the guy too much, but I heard that and thought, Oh, well, I mean, it was pretty obvious. He had happy feet. He was throwing the ball. It could, I mean, he couldn't hit anything, and he was just... Yeah, he just seemed like he was out of sorts that last game. Right. Uh, you know, he talked about how... A couple of things I just want to bang through here. Uh, he talked about Logan Smothers is more of an option guy and more of a runner. Can I say, and I think you've been with me on this, everybody acts like Logan Smothers is this amazing runner. And I'm like, hey, he's okay. I haven't seen him like turn one loose yet so to me it's like you know he i think because you think he was like a pretty good track guy he's a in great high school, track guy but i just don't but he hasn't shown me like like 
you know, Eric Crouchness at all. Like, show me like the, show me the elusiveness. Show me like he does. He's kind of you know, he's kind of quick, he's quick, but like quick in like makes you know, make somebody break somebody's back with a scramble. You know, run that option and and take take one for eighty. Let me see you move. Like let's, you know, he's had enough snaps where I think it's about time to see. That elusiveness. That That's we, what Sam Sam McEwen has had numerous comments where he's like, I think I think there's Logan Smothers might be the fastest quarterback since Taylor Martinez, and I'm just like, I mean, he's Taylor not even was a burner. He's not even in the fucking vicinity of Taylor Martinez. No. I could argue he's not as fast as Peak Adrian. Peak Adrian could move. Uh, I mean, he should be faster than Adrian. He I mean, should be. If you're but a like, track I guy, I don't, Adrian wasn't a track guy. He no, was like but, a zero to 40, but not like a 40 to 100. I guess I'm just, for me, I, I hear all this stuff about how Smothers is this, like he's a runner, bro. Bro, you seen Smothers run? I got to see it. get your popcorn ready. I'm like, I mean. We got to see it, man. Kind of. Some guys, some guys are are faster on the field than others. Right. And I don't know if he's some guys are track fast. Yeah. You know, they get it they get in shorts and a tank top and and run on a track. And then there's yeah. some guys that are football fast. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that is there's like a vision thing. I think the best, fastest guys on the field, it's vision. They see the field like they see the holes, they see, they know. Like same right. way, even with defense, there's like dudes that I always say were like linebackers. That there's they were the slowest guy on the track, but on the field, they just see it and they get to. Well, it I faster. would say your brother was a little like that. Like your yeah. brother's not necessarily the fastest guy. Like you line up and run, but like Barrett had great. He was so efficient with like his his movements, yes. and he just like he saw it, he hit it, and he was there. And he was and great, it, like. 10 to 20 yards every every single direction, he was faster than anybody. Right. 10 to 20. Right. Now, if you had to sprint for sprint, 40, he probably wasn't going to nah. be too fast. But yeah, so it's there's there's just, you know, fast can come in a lot of shapes and sizes. And I'm not trying to shit on Logan Smothers. I guess I'm just, everybody acts like he's this amazing runner. And I just like, I want to see it. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bad runner. He's certainly not a bad runner, but I have yet to see a Logan Smothers run that I'm like, whoo. I want to, yeah, I, I'm not going to rule him out yet, but. Yeah, I because I'm kind what, of would you would you it. go Chubb or Logan? That's a, that's what I was just going to ask you. What, what's hard is based on what I saw. Of course, I would go with Logan. Right now, Smothers seems way safer to me than Chubba. But obviously, we did, we haven't been there every day. Chubba Chubba has earned that second string with what he's Whipple's guy, right? But he's also he's got happy feet. Well, and <laughs> right I mean, what's, I know what's hard too is like what. What gives this offense the best chance for success? Is it still trying to hit the big plays over in the passing game? Or do you got to become a little unique and all of a sudden have this quarterback run game element that is, I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. That's a rock and a hard place. But it's also, this is Whipple's offense now, and it's not Frost at all. So to me, it's the farther we get away from Frost, probably the less it's catered to smothers that's why i still think it's going to be chubba like i, I my guess is chubba's still the, the I do dude too. i think that's probably right uh real quick can i can i be grouchy about something you know there's certain cliches in sports that people throw up all the time like i've never like and mickey has used this a couple times and a bunch of people do 
the whole like we have a next man up mentality. Like I don't even really know what that means. Like I've never loved that cliche because it's one of those like we have a next man up mentality. Like what I mean, like as if that's like really unpack next man up mentality. So I have a little different policy. It's if one guy goes down, (laughs) we pretty much give up. Right. We we wave the white flag. I guess that's (laughs) what I'm saying. Like to me, we have a next man up mentality would insinuate that there's also a mentality out there that is like we develop one player at every position and if that person goes down we do not have a chance. We pretty much give up. I don't like, I just have never like man it's a, it's a next man up sort of philosophy. It's like well I, like that's one of those obvious It's like well, yeah. Yeah, everybody does Everybody has a we have next man up here. It's just a it's that's how we do it at at this place. Like what what do you mean by that? Maybe maybe it would be better um cuz the issue is not that we have a next man up like the next guy's obviously going to be playing um but maybe it'd be better to be like we don't rattle based on who's in you know like cuz yes. sometimes people lose confidence if their best players aren't out there. I think it's more about do we lose collective confidence? Maybe if that's we, a, I like that. You know I'm what I'm saying? With that, yeah. that is a better way to say it. Than, and maybe that's what next man up mentality means. But nobody describes it. But like. no. But next man up mentality seems to insinuate what we're saying. Like, like we we don't play if our best player gets if our guy come, if our guy goes down. We we got no up. chance because we have not developed the next man. Yeah, I, I think that it's I'm just it's, never that that's one of those nail you know there's certain cliches you hear like that's a nails on the chalkboard. It's never just like, it's never described what as why. Because I think that to me what you want is a team that doesn't lose confidence the, no matter who's playing. Right. But that's that's a diff that's like that's specific. That's confidence. It's about confidence. Yes. I by the way, you bring up sorry, I just wanted to rant on that for a second. I will say you bring up the quarterback thing, Smothers or Chubba Purdy. We we've talked a lot about how like there's there's an element of this coaching audition for Mickey that it's hard to get a real feel for a lot of different things on whether how he would be as a head coach. I will say like his handling of the quarterback situation is a little bit of a glimpse into how he is as a head coach and like and, and sometimes you know you're you know you have bad a bad two bad options yeah and maybe that's it. but I will say like we knew we do now have two moments. Where I felt like Mickey's handling of the quarterbacks hasn't been great. The move to pull Casey Thompson in the Indiana game almost cost them the game. Yeah. And then, in my opinion, everything with the quarterbacks against Illinois was puzzling and disjointed. You go with Logan in the first half, then Chubba the rest of the game. You kept Chubba in when he was clearly struggling. The fact that Mickey told the sideline reporter that they were going with Logan at halftime, and then they come out and they go with Chubba for the rest of the game. Like I'm just saying, like in terms of we act like there's nothing. How can we tell? Like this is an inter- this is an example of like probably head right. coaching decisions that have been like. Eh. Yeah, I mean, think about like think about Nick Saban. At halftime of the national championship game, puts in Tua. Yeah, that seemed crazy almost until the guy was absolutely the right guy to bring it. Like that's a really high level, intuitive decision. Yes, and that is on the head coach. The head coach makes that call. Um, I know Whipple probably had a big hand in one and Purdy out there, but in the end, that's Mickey's responsibility too. So I think that's. 
these are learning things Mickey's probably going through, but that is telling like, this is what, like, it's not as easy as you think sometimes to be the head coach. You got to make those decisions. And what's interesting is he, I think one of the first things he said initially was like, I'm going to let whip do his thing. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to micromanage whip, but it's weird. He was willing to micromanage the defense. He's he's was willing to fire Chenander, make big changes to the defense. Whereas the offense, he seems like he's really letting like it seems like everything that's happening with the offense is all whip. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Well, yeah, but it's So it seems like there's a reluctance yeah. to for him to flex his muscle. And it's a hard thing as an interim head coach. Like, how much do you want to come in and micromanage and demand certain things happen yeah. a certain way. There's a balance there, and this is, where you get, this is why it's, head coaching is hard. How, where do you draw the line on letting your coaches coach with you know, coming in with a heavy hand and saying, no, we're going to do this? Yeah, that's, and that's where being the guy that knows everything uh, makes it easier versus like if you, don't, if you can't call the plays yourself and you don't got somebody else that you trust to call more, you're kind of at the mercy of the guy that can do it. Yes, you know, and this is where Whip is like it's Whip's offense. Um, Whip wants his quarterback. He says, "I need this guy. This guy can't do what I want to do." Um, that's where it gets tough when it's not your thing. Yes, so it's just interesting. I, I, I was thinking about that, and yeah, it's an interesting thing to kind of observe through. This through is making the, it. like this these is part are the of things. the coaching, uh, the obstacles of being the head coach, and in this moment for Mickey, like this is part of that trial by fire type of thing. All right, Minnesota coming to town. Again, we, t- we told you, the favorite by 16. Uh, that line tells me that they don't, that Vegas thinks Casey Thompson is not going to play. Yeah, obviously. Uh, they had a guy. And they, they do. They got a guy somewhere that's he's mopping. Mo- mo- he's mopping. He's, he's got room, the mop he's out, and he's just he's cleaning something. Hey, Casey, oh, that looks, that looks uncomfortable. That, uh, is that, uh, that, is that elbow? elbow? Oh, gosh. But Minnesota, they're, I mean, defensively, this team's, just this team's very similar to Illinois. Like they're fourth in scoring defense, sixth in passing yards allowed, seventh in total defense, sixteenth in rush defense. So like it's a top ten defense coming to town. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that when healthy, I don't think I, I'm, I think Mo Ibrahim or Ibrahim, however you say his name, is a better runner than Chase Brown. Like that Minnesota's running back is. He was. I think he has. He's been lost the same. a little bit of his. I don't think he's been the same since he had that. I think the, the Achilles. Achilles. Achilles is brutal. Brutal. That sucks. I mean, that sucks for him because it's one of my biggest reasons I don't play basketball anymore. Oh, dude, I know. Because like I just feel like if I went out there and played basketball, I would pop my Achilles immediately. That's what it feels like. Uh, and now imagine being a running back and trying to be the same guy a year later. Like, that's just, I don't know that you're ever the same. That poor guy, 
he probably should have went pro. Right. He came back. It's that's the exam, and now it's like now he's on his like sixth year of college, and that's why that's why there's he just certain, doesn't look the same. He's not going to get paid now. I'm telling you that that's why I I usually am slow to criticize people that do go pro because like of this like at any moment you can get hurt and everything's different. But, Especially if you're running back. Uh, Good lord. Offensively, Minnesota's 12th in rushing offense. They're averaging 222 yards per game. Listen, you know what P.J. Fleck's going to do. Yeah. They're physical as hell on defense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. They're going to chew the play clock. It's going to be about very similar to almost every other game. But to an extre- I mean, they've done it to an extreme against us. Yes. I mean, the 2020 COVID game. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. We, we had the advantage. Right. Everybody knew it. And Fleck ran down the play clock to one one or two seconds. Every it was a clinic in how to manage a win. Right, and he that to him now is the playbook. He did it to us again last year. He's going to do that to an extreme again this year. And if we don't see that and prepare for like the the absolute ball control victory that they're trying to they're going to try to come after us it's like we're, we're stupid like we can't let them hold the ball longer than us it's it's weird how a week ago i sat here and i predicted nebraska to beat illinois and now here i'm a week later and i am terrified that this game's going to get out of hand and now in my defense it's the casey factor like no casey equals danger 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 <laughs> for sure i mean just because if there's no casey thompson just you close your eyes and really try to envision how this offense scores, sustains drives. Like they had a hard time doing that with Casey. Mm-hmm. They had to rely on these seventy-yard bombs and all this stuff. Like without Casey Thompson, I'm just I don't know how they're going to be able to move the ball, score. And then I think what we just talked about how Minnesota really wants to control the ball. Like that's now just going to get there's even. That that's going to be a domino effect to the bad, where Minnesota is going to really dominate the time of possession. I'm I'm nervous that that Saturday is rough, and I got a lot of respect for Fleck. I do too. I think I think he does a good job. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for us, it really is. But you know, also if it's not Casey, Chubb and Smothers are going to get. The real the real reps during the week, which help. I mean, that For does sure. help. You get you get to be with the the top unit. I mean, it's a whole different it's a different experience. So um, that should help preparing. You know, you should always prepare like you're going to play, but you really like you're the guy. Like it's it's different as a quarterback, I'm sure. So um, that should help. But you know, Whip's got to help. Whip, this is Whip's week. You know what? If you Whip is earning his money this week, you know yes. why? This is a good defense. You got a backup quarterback in. You better manage this situation correctly. Every throw needs to be a manageable throw. Run the ball a lot. You got to manufacture drives, not just not just points. Drives. We got to keep the ball. We yes. got to keep our defense off the field. Keep the ball. Manufacture drives. Does Nebraska chew clock? Yes. Yeah, we got to like, we got to play that game as well as Minnesota's right. going to right. Because that will keep our defense fresh. Our defense fresh, I think, will be fine if we're fresh. Yeah. If, if it gets long, Minnesota will take those big old Minnesotan offensive linemen and they'll just they'll run, you know, zones 
they'll get wide on us. That's what they've done the last couple of years. They want to run wide, get our, our people flowing and find holes and then boots and yep. little, like they have nice little, like, you know, counters off of that. So they've done that for four years. We have never played it well. Um, this, I, I'm going to say this is a whip. This is whips moneymaker to me. Like whip will tell me a lot about how he can manage, uh, especially in a college game. Can right. you manage and manufacture this game? Cause this is on him a lot. Now, the one thing he could have going for him is like, I know he's a guy that probably doesn't want to run the option or run the quarterback a ton, but Nebraska maybe does have a little bit of the element of surprise going for them where like all of a sudden you can throw in smothers and have a package that's different or even we act like Chuba can't run. Chuba can run a little bit. Chuba can run. So I think they need to get something out of the legs of Chuba or smothers to be yeah. the kind of that, that unexpected thing that produces offensively. Like if um, we if we let's say hypothetically we have we run sixty or sixty plays. Right. I wouldn't mind seeing like two thirds of those be runs. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Then a third of them are like safe passes or like take a shot. Take a Trey. shot. Right? Like take a play action. Play action. Send Trey deep. See what you got. The amount of but, like drop back passes I want to see Chuba and Smothers throw out of the pocket, just like read the defense, make a throw across the middle. Like I'm just like uh, <laughs> drop back, like, drop back, protect with five. I'm like no, no, I don't want to see much of What's it. What's hard is I mean I you got to do it maybe occasionally, but like not much. I based on what I've seen throughout this year. I would think taking on Mark Whipple and Tecmo Bowl would be very easy. You just would choose the the shotgun deep shot. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have six plays to choose from. I'm, if you pick I'm, their play, I'm picking one of the passes. I'm never picking a run. Out of the four runs, never. never. <laughs> you are choosing one of the deep bombs. Yep. What a concept. You I never chose I never would choose run the dive. You know, this the straight dive. I'd right. always choose I always like the, the pitches or the yeah, up bounces. the gut. Up the gut was hard. Up the gut never chose. But if you if you could, yeah, you had to run some of the outside. <laughs> Drew, you had grown up playing video games and football. You you were totally more prone to toss sweeps and anything wide. You like wide. Up the middle didn't really work in, in video, video games. games. It was just like hey, there's nothing there. But <laughs> wide, <laughs> wide was always there. Hey, no matter how many times you ran wide, it would always be open. Growing up, growing up, it was wide pitches and then shots deep. Like that's that was there like was a, no the shallow cross didn't exist. Shallow cross shallow did not exist. Never. On, what were you thinking? Never. You know the but, new. I I so I haven't played Madden since I think middle of two like two thousand five six. Like those were the years I used to play in college. But like by then it was getting pretty like elaborate. Right? Yeah, like like you'd have the quarterback vision. Yeah. I don't even know what they do now, but like. It was pretty impressive by yeah. that point. So. I feel like football video game. This is me. Like I have not played a video a video football game. For some reason, I went to college and I stopped playing video games. I was after college done. Cut, shut it off. I was like beer. Yeah, parties. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Instead, but see, but we would drink beer while we played video. See, games. I know. I was like before you'd go out. You play. I was oh, to like P Diddy. You know, doing my thing. You but were doing lots of things. I was doing a lot of ridiculous things. But I don't football game football. I, See, I I feel like the football games got to where they were too hard for me. Like I well, like the that's what I'm easier. Saying. 
they got pretty more complex. Simple. I mean, because you played Nintendo 64. Yes, I played Madden on 64. And, that was starting and I played a little get... bit of NCAA football 2001 on PlayStation. Yeah, I think... I, I created think... a team. I was Arizona. And I played a season, and my brother played a season... And we met in the national championship oh, game. Oh, baby. And he kicked my ass. And I was, f- I, like, I was, like, holding back tears. I was so mad. <laughs> I was in high school. <gasps> my quarterback, Will Holla. Oh, God, that's <laughs> right. That's right. You won the Heisman, Oh, baby. God. That was back when basically everything you did, we'd all just crush you. Yes, because yes. there's always, you'd have the guy named Will Holla. I had Will Holla. My receiver was Darius <laughs> Ruck. I had a defensive lineman named Bam Bam. <laughs> And I was oh, I was God. undefeated. Will Hollow won the Heisman. Oh, Alex such... was Nebraska, oh. my brother. We played in the title game. He beat me, and I was devastated. Because oh, I thought he was man. cheating and looking at my plays. You know that like oh, that yeah. sibling. Like, what is it about nobody can make you more upset than your brother? There's because they they know how to yeah. cut to you. They know it. They because they've been doing it forever. So then it always bothers you more. Like you right now, I bet you you would know exactly how to irritate Barrett. Instantly, more than anybody in the world, and he probably would know what how to get to you your ribs a little bit too. Yes, yes. I still people can't. I don't think people understand. We have we we've told the story about you two yelling at each other in the huddle of the state championship game, right? I think so. That's still an all time. That's a brothers. That's a thing that only brothers would do. Overtime, people need to so overtime Creighton prep state championship game. This would have been two thousand. Yeah. Barrett's a senior. We're sophomores. And the, I mean, people don't understand the the backfield in that game was Nick Bott quarterback, Bo Root at fullback, 6'3", 180 pound this, with a neck roll. You, yeah, you had a neck roll. A and you were just, you were this little straw. I mean, I was skinny. Who, I mean, yeah. I can't pot kettle here, but like from a fullback, you know, but Barrett was six two two thirty. Barrett's is fucking ten, and I was six three one eighty, and I you was were, the fullback. You were like. <laughs> You were, you were, I feel like you weren't like battering Ram guys on ice. You would kind of like try to like get in the way of people. And I was like, just too, I didn't you were have too any little. muscles. Then, yeah. But, uh, so anyways, we're the, the start, the backfield is me at quarterback, Bo at fullback, Barrett at running back. We get into overtime because we, we go into double overtime with, uh, with, with Creighton prep and Barrett tried to bounce. Barrett it. tried to, so we run a jet sweep with Ragoni. Yeah, Brandon Ragoni gets down to like the two yard line. We we run a counter sweep, I believe. I might have been ISO. I can't remember what it was. And yeah. Barrett tried to bounce it. He he had the 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 video yeah. foot the video yeah. game football mentality. <laughs> Go wide. He yeah. tried to bounce it from the two yard line and got like a five yard loss. Yeah. And you going back to the huddle, you <laughs> you you tell Barrett's me. the best football player in the state of Nebraska by a mile, by a mile and his little brother. Six foot three, one eighty, with a neck roll that just started playing fullback the week before. Says, "I think I told him, just run it up in there, get up field." Like I like, oh, Barrett, you can't do that. Get it up, get there, up run the it field. In there. Yeah. And Barrett, who people understand, Barrett was pretty like you and Barrett are very similar in a game. You guys are pretty calm. Like you, you guys are never yeah. gonna get like yeah. too high or too low. Barrett, I've never he. Turned to you, was like, shut the fuck up, shut up. And it's like, you two are lost it on me. He's screaming at you. I'm in the huddle having to be like, guys. That's just what he needed, though. (laughs) 
I was, was motivated. Oh, the little great. brother motivated. It was a little. Uh, it was just amazing. He was like, "Oh, bitch, you can't but do see, that." I, I think I would say that. I mean, I knew I would you have said that. I like, say it to him, Emmett and Smith? I don't know that I would say it to like anybody else, but I'd maybe tell Emmett to. I, I, I will say. There. I mean, I, I thought it like I couldn't believe he bounced it. Cause, I mean, because Bear was this big man. It's like just hammered. It was like, like a one bad decision. It was that like day, second yeah. and two from second and goal from the two. Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, we just are running up the gut twice and we're in there. Yeah. And Barrett bounces it and gets it to the seven. But the next play, Nick Boss the saves play, today. I, the galloping ghost runs it in. We run a, we run a, a counter sweep pass. You see, you, you kind of sealed a guy, but Nick Baugh. That was a deer crossing I eighty. Deer was running and deer a deer. Uh, they knew some up, you know, when they hold up signs for plays. They held up the deer the crossing deer, side, and you'd be like, "Nick, I got like, you." All right, it is run. one of my favorite moments of, in all of sports, though. Like <laughs> Nick Baugh, like because I somebody like posted that. I can't remember who posted the the like a little video clip of it. This was maybe last year, and I hadn't seen that clip. Yeah, and it just makes me so happy to watch. <laughs> It was, it's like, it's maybe really you're as much as you're a basketball guy and you've had, you've had about 50 of those like great shots or last second shots growing up that we always, you know, like game winners, but your greatest high school, I mean, your greatest sports moment is that like your all time greatest play in the history of your life in all sports was that play. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That's it. That, that was it. It was a it was a 7-yard run to win the state title. But that's it. that's the dream. That's the dream play as a kid is you you make the play to win the state <laughs> and you made it. <laughs> and re- you're even though you're a basketball guy, your play was in football. And what's cool about it, that's it. People I don't know if they care about this. What was cool about it is like the backfield is me, you, Barrett, Jake Mielheisen's out at wide receiver, and when I score, you seal a guy and Jake holds a yeah. guy off. Yeah. So like our boys, like and I pop it in like it was it was amazing. But and yeah. you talk about you know reacting like act like you've been there before. My reaction was like, has this guy ever scored a touchdown in his life? That's I am why I liked it. Going though. crazy, hand warmers are flying out of Imagine my. Imagine you if you would have done some like stupid TikTok dance or something like oh. it would have ruined the whole moment. You were just like, I ela- it. you were in elation. Heaven, oh, to the umpteenth it, degree. That's what was so beautiful about it. It was, it was, it was the perfect moment. Uh, by the way, I, I as we're we're continuing to talk about Barrett, I will say this: Can we rip on him for a second? In that, like, first of, of all, you know what I miss was Snick. Saturday nights at the Rude's house. For people that of our age will remember, Snick was Nickelodeon every Friday night. It was what was it? Doug, Ren and Stimpy, all that, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. That's a hell of a lineup. Boy. Great lineup. The big orange couch. Oh. That was a, a yeah, a which big is an interesting. And so we would go up in your at your house. You had a big green couch. We we I spent the night every Saturday for like a, two years for probably. for a, <laughs> and then I would sleep. Bo and Barrett shared a room. They had single beds, and I would sleep on the floor in between the two. Like things. this is great. You'd be like, this is great. <laughs> but. The reason I want to rip on Barrett. So Barrett would Barrett would usually join us for Doug, Ren and Stimpy, all that. Because then what we would do is we'd go play for a little bit and then we'd come back for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Barrett, for Are You Afraid of the Dark, would always be like, I gotta go, I gotta go check on something. And he would go, he would never he was too afraid he found of a way Are You Afraid miss, of the Dark. He found a way to miss Are You Afraid of the Dark. So Mr. All Time Tackle Leader 
cool guy was afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The we'll, show. We'll never, we'll never let that down with him oh, either. What? A, I mean, he'll never hear the end of it. We, we make fun of him about that a few times a year. Do you at least. think? I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think the most fun now? Fun comes in. Fun just evolves as you get older. But I really think the most fun I've ever had in my life was probably between like sixth and eighth grade. Just fun. fun. It, it's like, funny you said that. Fun. It's funny you say that. I I was reading about this. We're we'll most, give a Minnesota prediction in a second here. Yeah, we've got on it. Uh, so I was reading about this. This old this old dude basically said like he says most people when they say what's the best you know. What's the best moment, like in in yes. the last how you know fifty years, or, and everybody will have their different time. For, oh, it was this. This this was the greatest. And he goes, if you look back when they say that, well, oh, the sixties are best. Oh, the seventies, the eighties, whoever they are, it's usually when they're like between ten and twelve, right? Because that is the the moment in your life where you are finally able to understand the world a little enough. bit enough enough. But you're young enough where you have no responsibility. Zero worries. So it's the perfect intersection of you're young enough to just have fun and not have to worry about big world problems, but you're old enough to get to get things. Like you get friendships, you you can do more. Right. You are out there. You get to do things but have no responsibility. That's what it hits all in that ten to twelve, which is what? Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and you're just like, right. we're just doing it. That it's exactly what it, it's. It's the peak of no responsibilities, no in, it, whether it's fabricated or not, because we create these things in high school that we think are a big deal that aren't. But yeah. it's all relative. Like if you think it's a big deal, then it's a big deal. Like there's, so, I just was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, I don't think I, I think the most fun I've ever had because it was just the absent. It was only fun. It was not thinking about anything else yes. other than I was totally present, totally immersed in playing video games, football, Sports, basketball, fun. eating fast food. In a and- weird way, like after 12, 13, women then come into the That's play. what I say. Like, I think then so, all of a sudden you're like, you know what I want? I need- a woman. <laughs> yeah! I, know, I know I've been alive for 13 years and I really haven't noticed, but uh what are those things? Have you guys seen uh, these, these other girls? Cool? Uh, they're called girls. These girls, all of a sudden, See, they're the there, and I think I like them. <laughs> and that's once you start is. thinking about girls, you get it's a whole nother set of pressures, a, a whole set of stresses, yeah, of like worries. It becomes more real, right? Like before girls, before uh, you know, you didn't care about what you wore. I would show up in your house, oh. unshowered, have it do, like the idea of like. Doing my hair, like doing oh, something to my hair, yeah. I would I would show up in basketball shorts, a Southeast basketball t shirt, or a Michael Jordan or whatever yeah. t shirt, and wouldn't give it. I didn't care what I looked like, whatever it was. I yes, it was. But then all of a sudden, it was, it was why it was so fun. Because then we'd be like, "You know, what we should do today. We should go to Irving and play. Get the guys. Get we're gonna play football. Uh, then the next day, we're gonna play." Home run derby, you got to hit it over the house. You know, that's what we did, and it was the best. I just was, I, I truthfully don't think I ever had. It's not to say I don't have fun now, and it's not to say I didn't have fun in college or I didn't have fun in high school. It's different it's just, kinds of fun. It's a different kind of fun. The most pure yes. fun 
I've ever had in my life was between fifth, sixth grade to about eighth grade. That's it. It was just, it was the, yeah, the purest form. It's the purest form. And then all of a sudden, like you said, I think a big part of it is girls. Girls, sports. What if girls are the same pressure. way? Would the girls say the same thing? Like The girls care about boys earlier than the boys care about girls. Right. Usually. Uh, I don't know. They're, I wonder if girls felt like that because it was, it, we made a concerted effort that like. I don't think they had as much fun as we had. <laughs> Because they were kind of caring about boys. We really we didn't care really, about. I mean, I mean, when I say we didn't care about, we did not even think. The thought of hanging out with girls when you're in sixth or seventh grade, that's so stupid. When like, I tell, when my like, kids. Do they play football? Like, no. Like, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're not getting the invite. <laughs> That's so true. Well, what are they going? What are we going to do with them? They are don't, they going to play third base? Do they know how to play twenty one? Yeah. Well, they, they don't. I what? Mean, they, what <laughs> do they? Just, I mean, honestly, it was like to, to hang out with us. You got to be. You would have had to have been able to play football, baseball, basketball, football, baseball, basketball, video games, vi- or Mario Kart. Video, <laughs> like then, then like Nintendo sixty four, Super Nintendo, Nintendo. Or and then you need to be able to like go eat fast food and then just like rip on everybody, rip on each other, and potentially do dumb, like get an idea of like what if we dumb things that you yes that are go get mischievous about yes. So that's true. It's like what, we're gonna invite those girls over. It's like do they play football? No. What are we gonna do with them? Sorry, no invite. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I think Nebraska's going to lose to Minnesota, unfortunately. It's, it's a, hold on. It's not in your – you do not have the powers to actually predict it. You're incapable. Uh, I'm going to say – they got a chance. All right. I got to – who knows? But I would – I mean, the spread's 16 for crying out loud. Old Whipple. I'm excited to see what old <sighs> whip, whip. Is he going to let it whip? Is he going to let it whip or is he, gonna, is he not going to let it whip? I don't know, but – or is he going to get whipped? He, he might. <laughs> you're going to let him whip or you're going to get you're whipped let is the whip? question. Oh, my God. Okay, we, we got to get out of here. I wish we had our music. We got to play. I know we could play some We got to play Let It Whip I Out. Okay. I know. We'll do that next time. You said you have a song for next time, too, that gets me excited. Yeah. And next Wine Pod. Next yeah. Wine Pod. We'll do that. Okay. Well, there you have it. I want to go. Can we get in a time machine and go be like 11 years old again? Let's do it. Let's hop in. Let's go. Yeah.